All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into it. So one of the main factions of the Imperial Remnant left to vie for control of the galaxy after the fall of Palpatine at Endor was the Pentastar Alignment. Ruled over by Grand Moth Ardis Kane on the Outer Rim world of Entrala, the Pentastar Alignment was one of the strongest Imperial factions of the Warlord era post-Endor. And the governing body of the Alignment was divided up into two arms, Order and Enforcement. The Enforcement Wing of the government was comprised of naval vessels whose primary purpose was to patrol and police the entirety of the Pentastar's territory, which was a majority of the Outer Rim territories in the Galactic North. Now this enforcement fleet was mostly made up of hundreds of Enforcer-class picket cruisers produced by one of the Alignment's foundational companies, Jameis Shipyards, which was a subsidiary of Kuat Drive Yards. Now, with the Alignment having such a large territory, uh, one that which Artis Kane mostly inherited with his promotion to Grand Moth after the death of Wilhuff Tarkin, there would be a small handful of cruisers patrolling each sector continuously. Now, this was an impressive feat in itself, with the galaxy being as vast as it is, and each faction having thousands of worlds in their domain. So patrol and defense fleets were often very small, regardless of who was in control. Even the Empire, at the height of its power, with its tens of thousands of star destroyers and hundreds of thousands more support ships, they could only manage to have a very small number of ships either moored at one sector at a time, or at the least, on constant patrol. It therefore would not be too odd to see only one light cruiser with a fighter escort, or a single star destroyer, per sector. Mind you, when I say a sector of space, I am talking about a mid to large collection of worlds, inhabited worlds, that could number five, ten, a dozen, two dozen worlds per sector. Now, this was one key factor that allowed factions like the Rebellion to grow and build up strength in secret, because the Empire was so stretched thin on resources in regards to galactic scale of their territory. Now, the second arm of the Pentastar alignment was the Chamber of Order, the governing body comprised of the major business officials and moths headed by Kane himself. The Chamber of Order acted as the de facto Senate of the Alignment, with Kane having ultimate veto power. Now he largely let the wheels of the Chamber turn, and the representatives handle most of the heavy lifting in day-to-day -day operations, but he did occasionally weigh in on an issue of greater importance, like sending Grand Admiral Thrawn several shows of support in the forms of supplies and some token forces to aid in his campaign to eradicate the burgeoning New Republic. Kane also kept the alignment from overreaching and embarking on foolish ventures of conquest, 
opting to consolidate his faction's power and resources instead within their territory. As Ardis Kane saw it, the core of his faction's power lay in the fear imposed by the might of the Reaper, his executor-class Super Star Destroyer. And being a very cautious man, Kane would keep a constant support fleet enveloping the Reaper, especially with the Rebellion constantly growing as a threat and taking out warlords, moths, and other key Imperial officials like Isani Isard and Grand Admiral Thrawn. Kane would swear to continue the vision of eradicating the troublesome rebels after the death of the Chiss Grand Admiral, and would be forced to make good on that promise when the reborn Emperor Palpatine would raise his fleets and call all remaining Imperial factions to him at Bis in order to strike out and crush the rebellion. Kane would later be killed in an ambush by New Republic starfighters, supposedly. In 12 ABY, Gilad Pelion would appear before the Chamber of Order and convince them to annex themselves into the fold of the Imperial Remnant that he had just been placed in charge of by Natasi Dalla not too long before. And when the rebellion turned New Republic had gained enough power and territory, they had effectively pushed all other factions back, including the Remnant. Pelion would in fact reel his forces back into the borders of the Alignment, where the Empire would hold fast until the Legacy Era, with the world Bastion as its capital. I think the Pentastar Alignment is probably my most favorite faction of the Imperial Remnant, as they were most pragmatic and cautious, not looking to overextend or bite off more than they could chew, with enemies being all around them, uh, not just the New Republic, but uh, with Warlord Zinge and the Greater Maldrood, uh, the Hapens being more of a major player in the uh, galactic chessboard at the time. Uh, all of these were bordering the Alignment's territories. And it wasn't the biggest faction either. It wasn't the most powerful, nor was it led by the best military leaders. But it was overall the faction that employed the strategies I would have mostly used in a galaxy so divided and embroiled in war on all sides. You turtle, you play fortress, you bolster your forces as much as possible and consolidate resources as much as possible. I would have done things a little bit differently if I was Kane. Uh, I would have employed a lot more hit-and-run tactics, covert operations. Uh, I would seek to ally myself with leaders like Thrawn and Pelion. I do agree with refusing the calls of the likes of Sate Pestage and Isani Isard when they attempted to order him to Coruscant to reinforce them in the core. Uh, I believe if Kane had survived his assassination, he would be a great military and governing asset to the likes of Pelion whenever he assumed command from Dala. Uh, I know I would have loved to work with Pelion regardless, <laughs> 
being the most reasonable and uh, enigmatic leader the Empire had known in the Warlord era, in my opinion, although I, I think that's probably factual in, in the old EU books. I mean, Pelion even courted and allied himself with the New Republic on occasion, especially during the Yuzang Vong War. Now, the alignment did have uh, a very a very old imperial feel to it, a very old imperial uh, way about it. They were very xenophobic. They were very uh, centrist. They were very, very cautious. They also had a lot of leaders from their corporate and business sectors, uh, not just leading in the corporate and business fields, but leading fleets, uh, commanding starships and picket enforcers. And that's something that I think I may have tried to curtail, but I don't think I would be successful because those businesses made up such a substantial part of the alignment's government. Whereas I would much rather have had it how Warlord Zinge had it had his setup where it was Uber Corporation. It, it was shell company on top of shell company. Um, or how Thrawn had his setup where it was a lot more it was a lot more progressive and slightly more tolerant. Uh, I, I can't say it was too much. I mean, he was still a very cold-hearted Imperial officer, but he did believe in rewarding people that did a good job, right? He, uh, I, I think if he survived, he would have most likely allied himself with the New Republic to fight the Vong, to stamp out the Huts, uh, the Avathans, the the Killicks, whenever the Swarm War happened. I think Thrawn would have been one of the best things for the New Republic. Though, I, I think that war would have had to have gone on quite a bit. Um, maybe Thrawn bucks against the Emperor whenever the Reborn Emperor comes about at at uh, Bis and Thrawn loses and has to be scooped up by the New Republic and maybe that's how the New Republic wins in an alternative scenario. Um, but yeah, circling back, Pentastar alignment, uh, if I was plopped down in the middle of the Warlord era in the Star Wars universe, I would much prefer to be some kind of leader in the Pentastar alignment uh, because, I, I mean, it was a faction whose territory survived uh, until the Legacy era, which is over a hundred years after the Battle of Yavin. Uh, deals with, like, Luke Skywalker's grandson or great-grandson, something like that. But that is all I had for today, guys. Uh, I am going to be covering the other Imperial factions 
maybe the other factions in general, uh, including the Avathans, Vong, Killix, Huts. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll do one mega episode with all of these smaller factions. But that is all I had for today, guys. So check back in for more Sci-Fi Unchained. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends. And may the Force be with us all.